They say a family that prays together stays together. But what if you can't even get your family together? We are the Sisters Collective. Three generations. Four sisters. Helping you navigate this crazy world. One family meeting at a time. This podcast is the intersection of education, sisterhood, and the ever-changing dynamics of family. We invite you to pull up a seat and join our family meeting. Welcome, welcome. Hey, hey. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, guys, to this week's edition of the Sisters Collective. Yay. And uh, do we need to reintroduce ourselves? I we think we do. do. We, I, do. Listen, we do. We do. We do. We do. It's a new year. I am Jasmine. I am the new mama. New mama. New mama. She is about to be eight months, so we're like fresh in the game. We're we, we, we rocking and rolling. Yes. <laughs> Come on, next. Hey, y'all. It's me, Dr. Mandy. I am here with the Sister Collective. I'm the knee baby, right? <laughs> oh, God. Right? Yeah. Oh, Jasmine. And I am a mommy of two. I'm an educator, and I'm here, y'all. And I am Elizabeth, an educator, business owner, poet, author, New grad student, and I'm your favorite auntie. And you have me, Jennifer, oldest sister, boss lady. Uh, so let's get started. All right. Yeah. I, we want to, since this is our family meeting, and we want to, uh, this season, make sure that we let you guys get to know more about us and how we tick and what makes us who we yes. are. Yes. And one thing that we realize is that all of us are in some ways connected to education, but we mm -hmm. are also a very literature rich family we were raised in homes where despite economic circumstances our homes were always rich with literature um mm -hmm. physical books library trips mm -hmm. reading we were always reading i think i was told that i was reading by the age of three we went to we called it private kindergarten but we now know that it was really head start raised in the projects we were bougie we went to private kindergarten baby that was head start but because of that early introduction to education both of us actually started school early Mm -hmm. Our birthdays are in November. We were supposed to start a year probably, later. Yes. But my mom challenged it and said, T test them. If they pass the test, wow. let them in school. And we passed the test. So I graduated oh, wow. from high school at 17. I was in I was 13 in ninth grade. Yeah. I should have been 18. Oh, okay. So I said all that to say we are a literature-rich family. And we know now that that was probably the thing that separated us from people who were being raised around us in the same economic standard. Mm -hmm. Because we do know that. Uh, studies have shown that poverty has an effect on academic success. Mm -hmm. There's a stress that comes along with being impoverished that that does not equalize that that this kind of a makes it unequal when it comes to how people adapt in educational circumstances. But for us, because we were raised in a literature rich family, we didn't we didn't seem to be so susceptible to that. And because of our love for literature, we want to share that with our listeners. We want to share maybe some of the books that nurtured us, the books that have influenced us the most, whether it's childhood books or books as an adult. We just want to take that literature-rich environment that we were raised in and maybe give you a, people a chance to see that it is important that even in adulthood and many of us right. start the year and say oh I'm going to read a book every month we don't do it or oh, I'm going to read a book every quarter I, I, I said that I'm going to try to read something every day even if it is 
a quote, a quote that I go and think about and write mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do want to start a book club because I want to get more serious about my reading, reading both spiritual books and books that um, challenge me from a, a business perspective or from a professional perspective. But today we want to talk about, we, we, want, we want to make it, we want, we, let, let's get it lit. Literature, <laughs> got it? I, I, I. <laughs> so, so, uh, <laughs> what that be? but before we do that, let's let's have a heart check. Oh, heart check, yes. heart check. Let's so, check in. Yes, I mean, last year, year, yeah, it's the, you know, it's the yeah. top of the new year. Last year, we kind of called that our yard sale where we were letting yeah. go, but I think really what the main idea and the main point we wanted to take away from that is let's check in, yeah. And so, we kind of what that heart do, what that heart, what that heart, what that heart talk about. So, we're gonna revamp that, and it's gonna be called our heart check so let's let's have a quick little heart check before we get lit and, and get like honestly ladies be honest about where your heart is because this week it might be in a good place You're, you might be thinking happy thoughts mm-hmm. but what if you come in here on a sunday and your heart is heavy right. we want to we got to be bare ourselves because we want the listeners to also be able to do that on their own. Like you might have to check in with yourself. You hear me say that a lot. You need to check in with mm-hmm. yourself. That's mm-hmm. what the heart check is about. Mm-hmm. Check in with yourself. And then if you have girlfriends, you need to check in with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And, and, and both tell them where your heart is at, yeah. but find out where theirs is. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So heart check. I'm good today. Like, and I praise God for it because I've experienced such lows before. Um, as it concerns the content of of my of my heart and mind, that when I'm in a good place, I really try to relish in it. I really try Absolutely. to enjoy and 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 kind of be as full with my life as I can when I'm at my best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that when I'm not at my best, I can kind of be protective of my heart so that I don't bleed on other people unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm in a good place, I try to be at my full. I try to, I, I try to, not in a performance measure, but I try to give the world the parts of me that it needs. So I, I'm in a good place and I praise God for that. That's good. Heart and mind on positive. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm not on E. I'm not in, I'm not in the red. That's good. And I bless God. Mm-hmm. Praise the Holy Name. I'm here for that. Anybody? Hot check. Come on, check in. Where you at? Where you at, Mandy? Got your head down like you your heart ain't right. Where you at? Oh, I was really just listening. I was really trying to just Okay, we're gonna check in. Check in. Um things have been better. Um I am I'm good. Like I think for me I'm okay. I'm not gonna say that I'm mm. I'm good. I'm not gonna say that I'm I'm definitely not great. I am um just working th- through things personally, trying not to um bleed on other people as you just said. Like I'm just um for me well the past at the end of the year I was very like um I was like I don't want to do none of this I don't want to do anything anymore I'm tired of y'all I don't let all these businesses go I don't want to talk to nobody don't call me I know it probably didn't feel that way but I was very like "Eh." um so I'm working through my "Eh." um and just thanking God for that I'm alive and I have so many amazing things going on I feel like I am God is in the hole with me, and he is helping me come out. So, so what are you using to get out of it? It sounds um, like some gratitude, which is which is good. Oh, absolutely. But, um, but for me, I'm not, like, reveling in the hole. Like, I know that there are some things that are necessary in this transition. Um, so I'm just, you know, taking it one day at a time. I read daily. Mm. Um, I read the word daily. Um, I, It's easy for me to pour into other... Well, I'm, 
for some reason I was like, you want me to talk to her? I don't even got nothing to give, God. You call I just me, heard a pastor say her. last night, I think it was Pastor, pastor David Jacques that said, um, what happens when um, God asks you to administer in a space that you are ha- that you are currently experiencing a deficit in, mm. and a lot of times that's exactly what He would do. Sometimes you get out by giving out, mm-hmm. right? Mm, yeah. You want to get out of that hole, you got to give while you're in it. And when I tell you, you ask you to pour in other people, I was like, "All right, God." Mm-hmm. So my obedience is just necessary. So I'm just doing what I gotta do, and you know, pouring into others, just taking it one day at a time, just trying to be a vessel, y'all. All right. At least we'll know how to pray. So, yes. heart check. Um, heart check for me. Um, I think right now I'm doing all right. I recently, you know, I I go to the therapist um like every two weeks. So I just had my appointment with her this week, and one of the things that she kind of commended me on was being more vulnerable, being more open because I am the type of person that will, um in a lot of relationships outside of you know very personal ones I can be very you know conversation is easy mm-hmm. you know having that good communication with other people is very easy but in times when with certain situations when it can be difficult trying to push past those difficult moments and right. those difficult conversations that you need to have so that's why I, I'm kind of at like I'm processing and working through you know dealing with difficult communication um and it's not it's not easy like it is not easy but everything else is going good like for me so I'm just like kind of in that that same gratitude because um literally everything else is is going good you know um work is starting to pick up with the new year um so that's good business is going good so I'm very very grateful to be where I where I am business wise um and having people referrals are amazing. Keep them referrals coming, Lord. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Like he was just like, oh, I heard, I saw your name on such and such and so and so, and oh, it's like, fantastic. Oh, I saw several people mention you, so I decided to reach out. Fantastic. Like so, business wise, it's like amazing. Baby girl is doing fantastic. Um, she's just growing like crazy, growing like a little weed, and it's just amazing to see. She'll be one soon. So like I, I have flowers. So I have so <laughs> I have so many things to be grateful for that I try not to let the the difficult things that I'm going through like overwhelm Damn me that. and yeah. doing that. So mm-hmm. but definitely using That's that same pers- do doing that using that same perspective to help with that difficult situation. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. And I think for for me things are, 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 are well. You know, you always want things to to be better. You deal with the challenges that you face on a day, but I'm appreciative of of where I am and know that there are doors that are opening, but I just have to make sure that I see the positive in all and not look, okay, if a door is opening, seeing that as a positive and not like, okay, well, what's coming next? You know, it's always mm-hmm. that question of, okay, this positive thing is happening, but you're looking for, okay, now something negative is coming behind it. And so I think that's where I have to check myself and uh, just stay prayed up on every situation that I I encounter. Yeah. And just making sure that the the door that's opening, that's the one that God wants you to walk through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The good always always outweighs the bad. The bad just always feels so much heavier Mm -hmm. than the good feels like. And yeah. so you have to be mindful of the fact that the heaviness of that bad 
it's really a facade. It's, mm-hmm. it's not. It's, mm-hmm. it's not as bad as it feels. Right. Yeah. right. Um, and so you have to kind of balance that by making sure that the good, the light, the lightness of the good that is happening doesn't get dimmed by that that heaviness. Right. Um, so, hard check. Yeah. Good. I'm glad we had yeah. a little hard check. Yeah. I like okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, who so wants make to... sure that you guys are, you know, that's really important. Um, so you know how someone crosses your mind and you're like, I should check in with you them. You need to check I in with them. Please do, do This is, <laughs> you I, I said it yes, uh, the other day. Um, um, it was a post on my um, Instagram page and I want that I put on my page and I want to find it. Um, and it said, I had posted it from a, a pastor that I follow and on the page. And what happened to my phone, y'all? <laughs> I don't know. My phone was sitting right here. Like, that's the... It's not my phone? No. Okay, then. Oh, it's right here. And it said... And we're going to move to the to the other part of it here in a moment. It said on my page... Um, the biblical term co-laborer is the modern term collaborator. Mm-hmm. Right? This is the I year where that. your best work will be the result of collaboration. I find you. your people. I saw that. If ever that. there was a season, and I typed on there, find your tribe, community, circle, whatever you want to call it. Yes. This isn't the season for doing life alone. Mm-hmm. I, I, I okay. saw that on your on This your is page. not it. And I was like, Can you share that? I, don't, don't mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's yeah. good. Because I feel like I'm starting to do more collaborations. Yes. People, like from the jump of this year, starting doing collaborations because... For me to go into the space that I want to go into, I can't do that alone. And I, I cannot do that alone. And I talked to you about how for the for at least 15 to 19 years, I've been carrying a vision and nurturing it and feeding it and letting it blossom in the background for all this time. But now I'm at the point where in order for me to birth this baby, I need a midwife. Mm-hmm. And I've had to hire a team you say? to help me birth Spring this it. part of the vision. And it won't be it won't necessarily be birth this year, but the the, the, the birthing pains are happening right now. Why are you and, such a lyricist? And my so, right, I know she's amazing. <laughs> and <God>. so <laughs> this is the season where I have had to open my heart to collaboration. But I am very not weary, but I am very selective and very careful yeah. about who I let touch my babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a responsibility mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. protect Mm. The babies that God have has given me. So everybody don't need. That's why I said find your tribe, mm-hmm. right? People who you can be the whole, the totality of who you are in their presence. If I have to compartmentalize myself around you in this season, you won't get none of me, because I won't compartmentalize myself. I can't do it anymore. around anybody. I've done that for years, and that is very stressful for me. Yes. I won't do it. Any circle that I have to be in where I can only be one part of me, where only one facet of me gets to show up at the table. If when I sit down at the table, the whole Elizabeth Renee Bellinger doesn't get to sit down, only the the preacher or only the writer or only the creative or only the woman, but not the teacher. I don't my authority doesn't get to sit down with me. Then I'll 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 stand Mm. in another room. Mm. Ooh, in a so Listen. we set out that to say heart check check in with your people yeah find your so tribe yeah. find your tribe yeah. now <laughs> yeah don't delay i just think that that yeah you, you did that this yeah. is the yeah. season so yeah. let's literature get let's get lit let's get that's the title let's get lit let's get lit you are so cordial and love it but it's cute right so literature children's books do y'all remember 
you know, I going to the library and, and the Dewey Decimal System and yes. checking out library books yes. and getting pizza when you read a lot of books and yes. Yes. all this stuff. People, listen, man, I was a nerd. I always have been. I don't care. Listen, Let's talk to about point, to the point where we. I remember, and y'all can remember me doing this. Like I literally had workbooks, so it wasn't just yes. books. I was mm-hmm. working on something all the time. Yeah, you were. Yes. Okay, so yes, let's. Children's books. Children's books. Favorite what? children's books. Spit it out. Where the wild things are. Ah! <laughs> I like that book, the movie, the whole <laughs> shebang. That was I one of my favorites. Oh my gosh. And I have that book at home for my boys. We read it. Love saying. it. Love, love Anybody love remember it like Nancy Drew books? Yes. 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 I remember yes. the Nancy yes. Drew books. Yes. Yes. I like yes. the whole series. Mystery yeah. books and yeah. novels. And that's what led me into the book um, Encyclopedia Brown. But how about y'all? That was my favorite mystery book growing up but I thought Encyclopedia Brown was actually a little black boy he's not I found out all this time <laughs> he, he, was, he was a little white boy but it doesn't matter he was really a good detective he was smart and he was like very intellectual but he was a kid and I liked that because I could see myself in there like his intelligence wasn't like a threat to folks it was mm. his secret weapon mm. and so I really gravitated towards those books so stuff like Nancy Drew and 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 uh Encyclopedia Brown what are some other books I used to what what did you go ahead what were you gonna say Jasmine? what did you like about uh where the wild things are I mean I'm okay so I'm just that type of person that book just really like resonated with my character I'm like mystery type of person the little boy was literally like on an adventure and and that part of me is like I'm an adventurer like mm-hmm. I like to go on different things and do different things so that was one of the things that I loved about that book like yeah. this little boy is just like using his imagination but at the same time his imagination was like real you know yeah. <laughs> and so that just for me I feel like that is one of the things that we kind of lose that you can lose from imagination to adulthood you lose the imagination but literally if you use your imagination it can become your reality mm-hmm. so I think that's something that really like listen let's let's start turning these dreams right into, into reality, reality okay <laughs> one of my favorite Amen. books was um as a child was Charlotte's Web when I well, think about classic. Yes. classic, classic, and when you think about um, Wilbur. Wilbur the pig, <laughs> but did he, he die? They killed him. No, they no, 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 no. Oh, okay, they then. didn't kill him. Okay, they were going to though. He was a little runt. He wasn't right. like the pick of the litter because right. you know when you go to you're going to be slaughtered. That's what pigs were right, for. Right. But he wasn't the pick of the litter. He was a little runt, so he sent to this farm to get so you can get bigger, bigger yeah. because we're going to kill you. But. The thing mm. that I have to look at, if you look at Charlotte, the spider knew what was going to happen, and she wanted to save him. So it's like a divine intervention. Mm-hmm. You wow. don't even see that. Yeah, come on, see inter- God. I'm not Charlotte. You better see God in Charlotte's well. Because what she was going to do is, no, I'm going to make you seem so valuable to the um, owner of the, that he's not going to slaughter you. Mm-hmm. So she built him up. And so then, mm-hmm. even though he didn't win when they took him to the, the county fair, the county fair mm-hmm. but he won a prize. Mm-hmm. And that's when they saw the value in him. Yes. So I was like, sometimes people don't see your value. Um, sometimes it has to be someone else who puts you in the right me. position mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for people to see your value. Mm-hmm. And that's like my all-time like favorite children's book i oh, never got that i never Charles got that Swift. message and that though he was that. the runt runt god, he was, he was the runt. runt i was gonna say god god put him in the, in the <laughs> right position with the right person over him to guide him i was like and i think that's the beautiful that. thing about books right is that it can literally transport you to places without your feet ever moving yeah leaving yes. the ground 
right? Yes. You get to visit, as as I say, like I get to um, visit my uh, my future on the canvas of my imagination. Like you mm-hmm. get to go mm-hmm. places and never leave the ground. That's what good books yes. and literature will do for you. What's your yeah? So actually, like? um, I so as a mom, we read all the time, mm-hmm. and so. For those of you parents out there, so we used to buy books all the time. Like, literally, like, buy the books, have them to the house, all of that. But I was like, why are we spending all this money on these books when we go to the library system? So, support your <laughs> local library. Yes. <laughs> because, I mean, it's like a dying art. Like, we have all these books sitting in our house. And who is rereading um, Brown Bear, Brown Bear? Like, I mean, you read it as a child multiple times or whatever. But my, one of my favorite books is Love You Forever. Do you guys remember this? I remember this? that. I love you forever. Mm-hmm. I love you. Um, I like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. I remember that book. Oh, classic, classic, yeah. classic. Oh my gosh. So, um, so this was I also Jamela's, that. one of Jamela's favorite It was. Books. Yep. This it is absolutely one of her was. favorite books. So, and it just reminded me when I was looking at the pictures of how when Jamela was sick, how mom went to Atlanta and like cared for her, like nurtured her and... I remember when mom got sick and she was in the hospital mm-hmm. and Jamela was like, we both can't be sick. I can't be down there to care for you. Exactly. We both can't be sick exactly. at the same time. I remember like, you got to get yourself together. Right. <laughs> Only one of us at a time, okay? Right. But it was just such like a transition. And now being a mom of a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old and just looking at them when I put them to sleep or, or even when they're doing something that they should not do, that I'm going to love them forever. Mm. And knowing that my mom, despite whatever may happen, now that our relationship is so good, like I know she loves me yeah. and she mm-hmm. shows how she loves me mm-hmm. and she takes such good care of my kids like it has almost been like seeing a generation of love now that I right. didn't, don't mm-hmm. think that I saw before like I get to see her love me and love my kids I think what what's happening now is we get to see her capacity to love through the way she loves the things that have come from us Mm -hmm. and come from her whether it's your businesses or your Mm -hmm. ideas your ventures or your children the way she nurtures cares for is attentive to those things she's supportive she has Mm -hmm. the capacity to love those things now that she might not have had the capacity when we were children and i think that makes it okay yeah because i think as a parent sometimes you miss it sometimes you're so busy like working you got to feed them you got to work you got to do all those things and so you know growing up not having enough money not doing all those things she made sure that she sold poured into us literature she made sure that she she poured definitely gave me the love for literature what you were gonna do was do this work what you was gonna do was learn how to read and so i what you will do is pay attention when you at the school yeah okay she didn't raise no dumb kids and she didn't raise no bad kids yeah she, she did. didn't play that and so i just like how she listens to the kids when they're talking like it's just different they seem to be a little bit freer around granny like granny ain't gonna tell me like what's happening so they're talking and she listens up. i love it so the book is um love you forever um written by robert how you say that munch 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 mm-hmm. um but it's so good so i i love it um, also, my adult book is Gay Girl, Good God by Jackie Hill Perry. Oh my gosh. And on Audible, like, okay, so just listening to her voice, like, it's so much. Okay, so. I'm well, she's a poet, so what? listening to her talk. It's amazing. It's It takes it to a whole nother level. It does, like, but you gotta listen because. So I had to rewind, like press the little fifteen minute button on Audible mm-hmm. or fifteen seconds because you gotta you have to listen to what she's saying because sometimes you'll miss it. Mm. But she like she's a poet. I tell them all the time. I was like uh, talking about you, Liz. I was like my sister like just reminds me of Jackie Hill. Like it's mm. just dope, bitch. But um, what I was gonna say when I was talking about the library system, did y'all know that? 
So we paying fourteen ninety nine a month on Audible. You they can, have that. You can get it for free at the library. Yeah. yeah. They have audio. Uh, Did y'all know that? I didn't know that. The they have audio books. Uh, it's like an app or something. It's an app. Mm-hmm. So for those of you out there, if you, for me, I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't like to read. Like I like, I don't have time to read. And so you as don't a, make time. You don't to make read. time. No, no, I'm no. say you don't have time. I, well, I, uh, because if you have time to listen, you have no, time no, no, to read. No, 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 you don't know my, you don't know my beginning, wake up to end time. So I don't really, I'm going to say that I don't, I'm honest, these are facts. Like I don't necessarily have time to read if I know I got to wake up at five o'clock in the morning, so I don't have that time. But what I do have time to do is listen to books when I'm in my car and my kids is 45 minutes. So my kids were talking, but they're reading in the morning their books. So I have time for like 25 minutes to put, you know, listen to a book. So Mm -hmm. it's really, really great. So I'm going to check out the library system when I learn what the app is or whatever. I'm going to share it. And I should know because I'm there four days a week, but I can't remember right now, but we will get that information and leave the link to that. Especially those that are in Orange County, we'll leave the link to that to the Orange County library system. Get connected to that. In addition to listening to books, as much as you can, don't let technology stop you from putting true. your hands to some paper. Right, Because right? there's a connection to to a, a book in hand that cannot be replaced by technology. Right, um, I, I agree. So I wanted to say, like, as a reading teacher, I like I had like the most learning gains the year, most like my first year. And what I had to tell my students who were like born and you know very impoverished situations, they didn't want to read. But it was because they didn't know. How, it was because they didn't know how to read. Right. So therefore, they were getting in trouble and they were doing all those things. But they had the perfect teacher because your teacher don't want to read either. But what I taught them is that you have to know how to read. And you have to know whether you. I'm not gonna lay on nobody beach and read no book. That's not what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be climbing a mountain. I'm gonna be skydiving somewhere. That's what I want to do. So by teaching them how why it was important that they knew how to read, that they learn how to read. Them babies perform for me. I mean, I had to bring them apples and stuff every day. <laughs> I want you to go back to the your book. You brought them apples. You bribed the kids. No, they was hungry in the morning. They okay. need food. They need yeah. food. Yeah. So whatever gets them excited. They, right. So they came to my class. They was like, "Oh, let me get this apple, banana, whatever, and sit down at this computer and learn how to read." Let's do that. I know we have a lot of other books to get to, yes, but you do. you started by talking about the book um, uh, "Gay Girl, Girl, Good God," but mm-hmm. you didn't talk to us about the book. You just mentioned it and moved. Oh, what yeah. was it about the book that uh, was? It was just transformational. Um, it was very important. Um, the way that she structured it, that it wasn't just for um, people that are transitioning or that are gay and who also believe in God. It was actually for people who are in the church yes. um, to have them understand um, that at the end of the day, your job is to love at the end of the mm-hmm. day and God will do the transforming. That's right. But you have to understand that your judgment is not what needs to be seated there. Your What needs to be there is how you should love. And um, she called it the uh, what is it? The something gospel the the heterosexual gospel right. um, that people automatically assume that because I'm no longer with women that that automatically means that I want to be with a man or I have those desires or whatever but that's not for what this is the book was all about how to help both sides of the aisle come together in mm. you know bringing people to Christ so yeah. that's what it was all about it was great it was dope like and listen to it on audible I would have not read it but because I listened to it, mm-hmm. it was it just, amazing. It just changes. What well, it did, especially hearing the voice from the author. Author, because yeah. I don't really necessarily in the like it. Book. Right, in I don't the necessarily like voice. Right, because listen to books where somebody else is reading. Yeah, it's like, not the same. Because and as someone that has written a book and has an audiobook, saying it in your voice is would be completely different. No, someone else trying to read my words would not, not know where to make the the stuff fall. They yes. wouldn't yes. know what to emphasize because they don't know 
from where my words came, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But she knows from where those words came, so she knows where to emphasize. So yeah. I'm glad so that book was I think it's, I think it's good for anybody, you know, anybody to read, you know. And we will link these books. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, some of our favorites. Yeah. May, at least, all of us, at least one of our favorite adult books, we will link them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. kind of choose. Yeah, yeah. Um, I... You want to go? Go. Yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to mention, I know we, we skipped to adult books, but, like, there was some teenage books that we read mm-hmm. as, like, in high school and stuff. So, just to mention them really quick was To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. And, um... Who read? I like Color Purple. That uh, one what is, is the first other? time I read that. Oh, I... I, I don't love. think I ever watched a whole movie of Color Purple yet. Wow. Of Mice and Men. That was another Oh, yeah. One. I remember Odyssey and Iliad. Remember those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't... Yeah, I think... I don't did know those. About. I can't remember what... <laughs> But I took humanities. I remember. I think I read it. Mm-mm, I read those in English class. Yeah, I did. It was English class. I remember doing. But that was just two that I remember that completely stand out for me from um, at least the high school days when you yeah. had that required reading that you had to do as a class. We read that one as a class, so that was like you know the class set. Yes. The class sets. Everybody had to take a turn to read of Mice and Men and um, To Kill a Mockingbird. What did you like about To Kill a Mockingbird? Um. Hmm. I think just the the storyline, like remembering, trying to think back uh, to the storyline. I think that was one of the first times I saw an author so vividly display um, race relations on the pages. And for me, that's what captured me because though we lived in a very black and white society, we didn't necessarily, there weren't a lot of didn't seem to be a lot of friction when it came to, came to races yeah. at our at school least we didn't yeah. see it, or yes. in our community. So mm-hmm. we didn't feel it, but that book was the first time mm-hmm. that I began to feel like, whoa, and this is actually, yeah, like, yeah. this is a thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I absolutely. think that's what happened to me for that book. And those, those two books that I mentioned, both of those mention race. Mm-hmm. Both of those kind of dive into it. And so that's what I remember because in the classroom, you... You have the words kind of spewed in you the do. book, and so when you're reading it as a class, it's like, oh. And I think at one point, whatever grade I was in, I think my English teacher was white, and she had us reading it as a class, and so it was like, okay, like this is a. And I think you grew up differently. I think we went like, you, did you guys go to predominantly black schools? No, no, no. okay. We went to all of no, our schools were, schools were were mixed, mixed. were okay. pretty well mixed. Okay. All of them were pretty well mixed. You went to some predominantly white like school. Like, right? was a good mixture. You think so? It, 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 it was, felt it, like it to you. It was a good mixture. It was it was a little bit more of us than it may have been of, of, peop, of people, of non-people of color. But when we got to Lakeview, it was a mixture. Mixed, yeah. When we got to West Orange, it was a mixture. It was black people, but it was also white people. Yeah, so I home. felt like it was, a, it was more of a mixture than it was predominantly mm-hmm. black. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. by the time I got to middle school and high school, it was definitely pre- majority black, um, like at Edgewater. And well, then when we went to Jones, was it was. Jones was, was a pretty... It was pretty mixed. Definitely black experience. By the time I went to Edgewater. Yeah, Edgewater was mixed, but Robinsville was black. But, yeah, Robinsville was predominantly black. Um, elementary, I mean, there was mm-hmm. earlier years when we were in Ohio. I went to a school And then the one was, in Rosemont, that school was pretty black. Oh, yeah. Rosemont was... Rosemont and Hawassi were both predominantly black. Um, but before that, when we were staying in Ohio, I went to... That was white. Uh, she was the I only was, black child. I was the only black child in elementary, and was Mandy was the only black child in high school. Yeah. So we got kind of the mixture of it all. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. Been exposed to all of it. and But I think that was that book, what, what I remember most about that book was that 
the infusion of race relations mm-hmm. that I had not seen on the pages before. Mm-hmm. I agree. And speaking like very vividly, very vividly and candidly, yeah. it was openly, yeah. and that was just that was it was just on the page. So that was real. That was real that was very uh, telling for me. That was an eye opener, yeah. so to speak. My um, my adult book was I found it I guess a few years ago. Um, the Year of Yes. Mm, yes. Mm, yeah, I haven't read that, but I was supposed to. On I Audible. Actually, I was supposed I, to be sore. I, I, no, I, I like to read. I'm a I'm book in hand kind of person. I, I did it on Audible um, because at the time I was uh, going to visit Jamela mm-hmm. and I was driving. So I pretty I was able to listen and it just, I soaked up all of it and I, then I listened to it again another time like later on. And just the way, the messaging of it all is what mm-hmm. I really got from that book because she literally for an entire year she said yes to the things that would have scared her that she would have immediately said no and it was in the beginning she kind of mentions how her sister one of her sisters kind of made her like check herself like you never say yes to anything and it was like she had to check herself like what well, okay mm-hmm. um, I'll check. i guess i i guess i don't and and as soon as something came in that she probably would have said no to she said yes and then it, she just kept doing that and it just transformed and mind you this is in the peak of her career and all the mm-hmm. things that she's been doing with her the career Shonda Rhimes yeah. yeah Shonda Rhimes um if you don't know who Shonda Rhimes is I she mean hello boom. she owns I mean, Thursday night hello <laughs> <laughs> um, bosses so, it up so yeah it was just having having someone who in our eyes, you know, she is at a level that we're just like, wow. Yeah. But for her to be like an introvert, her to be where she would just be like, um, no, I'm good, thanks, I don't want to do that. That resonates so much with me because mm-hmm. I'm. You want me to go where? You want me to network at a party? <laughs> mm, that's gonna I'd be. I'd rather a, not. I'd rather not. I can stay home. Like I. But recognizing what your fear is, or what keeps you from wanting to network is right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Fighting against that fear. Fighting against that fear and doing it anyway. Yeah. And that thing was it's do it broke, do it scared, do it something, 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 but do it anyway. Like that is, that's where I'm at right there. So that book, and that was, I read that in, or listened to it in like 2016. So you recommended that book to me and the part of the book that resonated with me because I was a mom, I'm a mom when she said, when she was like, listen, so y'all out here and nobody told me that. First of all, she wrote Grey's Anatomy. She wrote Scandal. She's doing all of that. She was like, I need help. You are out here trying to raise your kids. I miss what people don't realize is I can't, this is what she was saying, that I... While I'm over here in the peak of my season on Grey's Anatomy, I'm missing my child's dance recital. Yeah. At some point, somebody is being disappointed. Yeah. Like, y'all over here enjoying Every this yes show. that I say over here, there's a no. There's a no somewhere else. And no one, and people want to judge you because you're not at the dance recital, but yet you're watching this show over here. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, there had to be a balance. She said, so I needed to be, I need help. And I was like, oh, like, it just yeah. kind of like, like, it made me like think of, just needing support and how it takes a village to raise a kid and you just can't do this you know on your own you know what I'm saying whether you're in a single family home you got two people I still it's two of us and I still need my mama like I like it's just hard to do it so that part of um the book and hearing her say it she was like oh so I had to get a nanny like she was like my nanny so-and-so I can't remember I can't remember it was like a famous name but it was like this is 
that she bomb. And she's amazing. And right. I need her. Like, and I'm just like, yes, yes. Like, I talk to people and they're like, yeah, so I had to hire a maid because I just can't. Like, in order for me to keep up all of this, maintain Somebody this, has to help with Somebody has this. to help something. So squashing all that judgment, you know, my, oh, why she got a nanny? Why she got a maid? Child, boo, you come Listen, run all these things that I'm in doing. Order for I need me to help. get my best, I'm going to have to have help. I've, I've realized this year that... Um, Facts. Sleeping with clothes on the on the left side of... On the right side <laughs> of my bed, um, that it doesn't help my, my mental. No. <laughs> that, it doesn't, it doesn't. I don't sleep well. I It, 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 it decreases my creativity. Right, and, um, and my productivity. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have to be more diligent about that kind of stuff. So on a grander scale, things that are stopping you from being at your best, you have to. I say you have to hire for your. You have to hire for your blind spots. Those mm. those things that that you don't do well or that you don't have time to touch, you have to hire for your blind spots. I mean, you have your to mind, not be afraid boy. to do that. So that's important. Amen. And and we while y'all are listening, if you have some suggestions on books. Put type up a book list and yes. and tag us, uh, Sisters Collective Reads, mm-hmm. whatever. And maybe we're gonna put up some book lists. I actually want to start a book club this year, a virtual kind of a hybrid where we do both virtual and maybe once a month come together mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some of my favorite books come from different genres. Like um, some of them are uh, more Christian type books, and then some are not. I have three that I kind of that were kind of life changing for me. One of them I started reading in 2011. Um, it was at a very transitional moment for me spiritually. And it was a book by Joyce Myers called Battlefield of the Mind. Mm. And um, that book helped me to realize that I had not done my hard work. That I had not managed my emotions well. Mm-hmm. That I was a little bit of a loose cannon when it came to that emotional management. And that I had a responsibility to... to care for myself in that way a little bit more or I should say give God room to care for me in that way Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to read a couple of quotes and the author of course her name is Joyce Myers and I'll probably link a couple of these but one of them um, that's the quotes that stuck out to me in the book was say you cannot have a positive life and a negative mind Mm. Um, another one that um, that stuck out was some people think they have discernment when actually they are just suspicious Suspicion comes out of the unrenewed mind. <laughs> Discernment comes out of the renewed spirit. And um, so there are literally a, a book full of gems um, from this book called uh, The Battlefield of the Mind. And what it helped me to understand was that my spirit was always going to be bombarded and under attack. Mm. And if I didn't learn to guard my heart, my spiritual heart, I will always be being assaulted and I would take the brunt of the attacks without without any kind of shield or without any kind of guard. And it taught me how to guard my heart a little bit better. Um, that one was one of them. And then I, probably some years before that I had started reading, um, I know I sit in this dual place of both kind of a theology, but also kind of uh, on the radical reformation kind of side, the fighter in me. I'm both a lover and a fighter kind of thing. And so there's a book called um, The Souls of Black Folks by W.E.B. Du Bois Mm -hmm. that um, I started reading one time in the when I was um, getting my hair done. And I just want to read a couple of quotes from this one. And then um, uh, then I may talk about the last one. I may link the last one. But this one says um, 
the excerpt from the souls of black folks by w.e.b. Du Bois it says after the Egyptian and Indian, the Greek and Roman, the Teuton and Mongolian, the Negro is a sort of seventh son born with a veil and gifted with second sight in this American world, a world which yields him no true self-consciousness, but only lets him see himself through the revelation of the other world. It is a, a peculiar sensation, this double consciousness, this sense of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, of measuring one's soul by, uh, by the tape of a world that looks on in amusement, in amused contempt and pity. One ever feels his two-ness, an American, a Negro, two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings, two warring ideals in one dark body whose dog strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder. The history of the American Negro is the history of this strife, this longing to attain self-conscious manhood, to merge his double self into a better and truer self. In this merging, he wishes neither of the older selves to be lost. He would not Africanize America, for America has too much to teach the world and Africa. He would not bleach his Negro soul in a flood of white Americanism, for he knows that Negro blood has a message for the world. He simply wishes to make it possible for man to be both a Negro and an American without being cursed and spit upon by his fellows, without having the doors of opportunity closed roughly in his face. Mm. It's the two-ness that they talk about that drew me. The fact that being both black and American, being both African and American, this double consciousness that we that we carry around with us. I often think about the code switching that mm -hmm. is embedded in the African American experience. Um, that no one else has to do that. Very few other cultures have to live in both worlds at the same time. That's true. A lot of people get to retreat. Uh, whiteness affords them the liberty to be their whole selves every single place that they go but we walk into spaces and we have to contort mm -hmm. and we very rarely think about the impact that, that contortion has on our souls and that book it just pricked me the fact that that two-ness mm. carries an energy all in and of itself and what does that do to the African American that we get? We have to walk divided right. all the time. Right, right, right. So that book, it just, it just sparked kind of a thought. It just made me think about how I move in this world. It made me think about it a little bit differently. So, those are two of them, and I'll come back to the last one later. Jen, what's your books? You had another one. Um, one other book that I like. It's kind of in my adulthood when I probably when I first started teaching I don't remember who recommended this book but it's the five people um you meet in heaven uh -huh. um by um Mitch Album uh, A-L-B-O-M I guess that's I don't know if it's the L asylum but the most important part of this book it talks about these different people that you meet and he was actually dead at this time um but the importance of not taking for granted the people you encounter on a daily basis not taking for granted the impact that you have on people and what it showed through each person that he met of uh, whether he had an impact on them or they had an impact um, on his life mm -hmm. um, that there's everything happens for a reason um, it talks about the sacrifices that we make um, and even though it may be small sacrifices on a daily basis um, not taking them for granted and then um, they talk about forgiveness and learning how 
to not be angry and to um, forgive people and then also about the power of love um, for people so that was one another book that was really um, important to me that I, I still keep um, to this day that's cool I love it yeah I um anybody else had another book no no I'm I Mine. Yeah, there are lots of like um, there are like children's books. I want to new read for the kids a new book by Prashanti. The, have you seen her artwork? That's amazing. I I'll, I'll think about. It. I'll link it. Um, it's about um all the heroes, the African American male heroes. They oh, have wow. one for the females. They have one for the girls, and she just created the one for the boys. It just came out right before Christmas. Mm. And so I was like, oh man, so I want to get that for the boys. Um, Ava Ada twist scientist it's so good for kids um it's like a, a little black girl she's a scientist and her mind is so curious and so she spits out words everywhere like it's just really really good about for parents not to tame your child's curiosity right um so mm -hmm. i like that um yeah so those are i think two of the ones that i like really really like for kids that's why i'm interested in not interested in that's why i've um drafted a <clears throat> a series of culturally relevant children's books because i feel like children children should see themselves as heroes in books mm -hmm. and we grew up you know even in the Judy Bloom era the people in the books didn't necessarily look like us but we that's all we had so we read them um then we have what's the little girl the little precocious um little third grade girl that people have been talking about I can't remember her name right now um mm. it's a lot of other little children's books that they are a variety of of colors aren't expressed in the books um but i think it's important that kids see themselves in books and that they get to see themselves being adventurous and being yeah. you know thoughtful and, and being smart and that that's being rewarded um so keep your children reading while we're talking about the adult reading that we're doing make sure that your children um learn to read but also learn to love to read because it literally would take them places that um that a video game might not ever Right, it, it gets them, gets them, allows them to express themselves and to see themselves expressed on pages, mm -hmm. um, in ways that nothing else will allow them to see. So, um, literature is important, uh, whether it's a child or an adult, middle age, no matter where you are. If we could just read, I, I looked at some just quotes. Read. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it says, in the case of good books, the point is not to see how many of them you can get through, but rather how many can get through to you. Mm -hmm. Um. And that's the biggest deal is that having a literature rich home and a literature rich life will literally save you, right? It can literally save you in times when you need it. Some of the books that we've read expanded our paradigm in ways that only a, a life experience would have, right? And we can't rely on the experience alone. You get to experience something every time you read it. It changes what you think about, what you see. The words on pages become visual. They become pictures. Um, and those things change how you see life. A lot of the times when we, when our experiences are limited is because we're not reading enough. We're not experiencing enough even in literature. We rely only on going on a vacation to see an experience. I might not ever make it to Africa, but I can read about places that my feet will never, whose soil my feet will never touch. So I think the importance of literature in this day and age, it just cannot be substituted for something else. And expand your children's minds so when they're taking tests and doing things like that, they've already been to a place or experienced it without them actually having to experience it. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that's why sometimes parents or people who 
are they saying that our children have limited vocabulary and things like that? It's because they aren't reading. They yes. aren't exposed to, and all of those uh, people those white children are they aren't necessarily going to all those places but because they they're visited, exposed in literature they're exposed, exactly yeah. they're exposed in literature and and that's i think that is if that's something we could do now better that could family, be an, that could be the same way that was an equalizer for us that made the playing field a lot more even for us with our our counterparts because we were in a literature rich home and we had literature rich lives and for some of you who have children who you you know that they're not going to have all the experiences of their counterparts, but they can have the experiences of the counterparts by reading. So introduce a literature-rich home to your children, if, if, if nothing else. Before we buy all the things, introduce a, a literature-rich home. Maybe if they see you doing it as parents, they'll be more inclined to do it as well. Mm -hmm. So I think this year I definitely want to do more reading. Okay. Yes. I definitely want to do more reading. Um, and I want to, I want to start the book club, send us some, some of your book lists, some of your, your favorite books and, uh, and, and hashtag, I think I said sisters collective reads hashtag that and, um, and tag us on it and we'll repost it. And I keep, keep, uh, listening also to our, um, looking out for on our social media pages. Cause I do want to start, um, a book club and I want you guys to join us virtually and in person. Um, and I think I'll close with another quote. Let's see here. Let's see. It's a couple of them. It says, um, <laughs> a reader lives a thousand lives before he dies. The man who never reads lives only one. Mm. Wow. Check that. What do you think about that? You agree with that? I agree, I agree with that. I agree. And I think I'll leave. Not I think. I will We'll close it off with one more. Um, in this episode of what is it called? Literature. Let's get lit. Let's get lit. All right. It says here, think before you speak. Read before you think. Mm. That's it. That's it. All right, y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Y'all got lit with your lit. Get lit. This is the year to get lit. Seriously. This is the year to get lit. All the way turn. All right. Hey, hey. All right, y'all. Bye bye. Peace. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Sisters Collective. Tune in next week for another family meeting. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and follow us at The Sisters Collective on all social media platforms.